welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley, and I'm here with my partner Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fits your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget there's a free app available for iPhones at the Play Store. All iDevices, you can uh, hook right up with us. Uh, just get that app at the Play Store, easy as pie. The podcast is always available at our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded at two separate studios in Chicago. I'm at one, Dave's at the other. We send the audio down to our buddy, Brad Nearman, our executive producer. He's at Berserk Productions in Lando Lakes, Florida. Hey there, Brad. How y'all doing? I know that baby's coming in just a couple of weeks. I'm so excited for you guys, you and Miss Olivia. Best of luck to you. On today's show, we welcome, as always, Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Going to be talking about forward-facing sonar, the hottest innovation in the world of fishing. I have a gentleman named Jared Napier. He's from a group called Casting Freedom. They do some great work. be very interesting to hear Dave talk to Jared Napier about Casting Freedom. And then I am going to interview an elite angler who just won a huge tournament down on the Harris Chain in Florida. It was the first elite of the year. It's a little late catching up with him, but I always enjoy talking to him. He's a great angler and a good guy. He is Mr. Buddy Gross. But first, let me switch it over to Dave Kranz. He's going to bring out Dan Johnson. Hey there, David. Take it away. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the Wheatfish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and they always bring us Dan Johnston. How you doing, Dan? Doing great, Dave. Uh, excellent. So a uh, lot of controversy out there about this forward-facing sonar. No matter what brands you're using, some of the people are uh, saying it makes it too easy. Some of the guys that maybe don't want to get on the technology think it it should not be allowed in tournaments. Uh, I have not used it yet. I um, um, just have not. I've, I've got several friends that are using it. I understand that you use it. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about what it does for you and, um, you know, your opinion only. I get it. Uh, what do you, whether you think it should be continued to be used in tournaments or not? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go there and chime in on my opinion on whether it should be banned or not, but... Uh um, I, I can certainly comment on the effectiveness of it. I mean, it's uh, it's forward-facing sonar. It's real-time. I use it certainly for finding bait, uh, where they are specifically in the water column, what direction they're going, what size they are. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I use it crappie fishing. It's absolutely lethal, uh, regardless of where crappie are set up, I, for bass uh, religiously as well. Um, and it is very, very effective. It, there is a learning curve with it, and you still you still have to catch them, no question. Uh, but it is an incredibly effective tool that shows you things that nothing we've ever dreamed of uh, has shown us before. I mean, it, it uh, you can mark your uh, mark your bait to them. Um, you can mark their attitude, whether they want it or not. Uh, makes you uh, make quicker decisions, and then there's a lot of times where you can watch them eat it. So I don't really know what more I can say other than it, it, it absolutely works, but it's not the kind of thing that everything you mark, you're going to throw out there and catch either. So, and I use it a lot of times, Dave, for cover and break lines and weed lines as well, just as much or more so than fish. Yeah, finding the right structures, finding rock piles, finding brush piles, finding edges, uh, uh, finding something in the water, you know, uh, uh, could be, could be, you know, anything, logs or, or whatever uh, that, that these fish will hang on to. Uh, um, how long have you been using it so far? About a year and a half. And, in, and when I'm talking about cover and weed lines and break lines, we've always been able to find that. We found it with side imaging and structure scan. We found it with 2D. But we've never seen it in 360 to a degree, sees it in front of you, I get that. But this is something that I literally can light up a stump now and throw a light to it, much like jig fall to it. 
And that is just a freak show. I mean, with what where it's taken me as an angler. Um, and, and, and there's edges of weed lines and where the fish are set up in them. And, you know, that's what I mean. And we've always been able to find that stuff, but to be able to actually throw to it before you get to it and watch the bait real time and watch the fish react real time is a, is a, is a whole new world. And it's funny because I've wanted something like this forever. You know, we've always talked about side imaging and structure scan marking what's behind you and the history and, and all that. And you can, there's a lot of things you can do with transducers and get them up on your trolling motor. I get all that, but this is different believe me and and it's i'm pitching a drop shot to smallmouth in wisconsin right now and watching them eat it it's just it's it's pretty cool now on these brush piles and rock piles things like that uh, have you experienced to where you go up to them you don't see any fish but when you throw up to two of them you see them come out after it well, yeah and i'm not looking for the fish uncover uh, stumps and lay downs and stuff like that very often I, i'm looking to see that the cover is indeed there, and I take my eye off the graph and fish it. I, the only time, and this, again, this is just my opinion. There's a lot of people that are a lot better at this than I am, but when I'm fishing cover, specifically a hard target, I don't fall in love with my graph once I know it's there. I'm going to concentrate on watching my line. Uh, I don't want to be staring at my screen. Now, if I'm in wide open water and I'm over a creek channel over 30 foot and they're in the, high in the water column and chasing individuals out there or little schools of them and you can watch your bait and watch that's completely different but and again that's just me it, it, I, i'm using it for marking cover and once i see that stump or lay down but you can absolutely light it up and you can see that whether there's bait out there or not too which i think is the biggest thing and then i just take my eye off it and start fishing it yeah, I mean, it's it's another tool to help do what we got to do. Now, on these roaming fish, uh, like you said, it could be a single, could be schools of them. Uh, we've all experienced where we pull one uh, up, fish up and you see a three or four behind it, especially smallmouth, but not always. Sometimes sometimes uh, largemouth and crappies, too. Um, but the... The advantage is now you can you can find out where they went back to or where, where they went roaming again. Yeah, in my experience, crappies don't really run from it. I mean, I can come up and, on a school of crappie and eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I mean, it's really something. And now bass are a little different for me. I've found, especially in heavily fished uh, areas, I've found the bass are a little more nervous around it, in my opinion. But there's a lot of guys, and it, really, I catch them with it, but they don't just sit there and let me whack on them like crappie do. Um, so that is a little different. And I, I'm sure there's some things I need to figure out with it to be better at it. Uh, because I know there's guys, obviously, you watch those elite pros, they don't take their eye off their screen. I mean, some of those guys are, are really, really something at it. But no, I mean, overall, I, I don't know if it's something that from the tournament side of things, everybody's not, not everybody's required to feel they need to have it to win. But boy, there's a lot of guys that would say, yes, I have absolutely have to have it. Yeah. And obviously the, uh, uh, the open water uh, aspect is a different thing. How, how effective have you found it? Say, you know, obviously probably four feet and deeper, it's more effective than four feet or less. Well, four feet and less is fine. If you're not in a wheat bed or a, you know, bunch of you know nasty cover i don't even look at it. i don't turn it on right um but so it, it's it is situation specific but i mean if i'm frog fishing in slop i don't turn it on no so it, it obviously you have to have a you know relatively clear window out there to what you're looking at but this thing marks weed lines like you would not believe i mean it absolutely shows very defined weed lines and what's really lethal about it is now i can see a weed line and I can see the break on the weed line in terms of the bottom contour. I can see the weed, where the weeds start to lose their length. All these things we look for in as, angler, as an angler as the day progresses and fish start to move to different areas and the sun comes out. And we know as anglers what fish do when that happens. Now you can actually see it. And not only can you see it, you can see it before you get to it so you can throw to it. And I'm, yeah, it's, it's something that's it's, uh, definitely, definitely taken me to a brand new level. Yeah, we've talked about what's the the next technology that's coming through, but something always comes through where it's better and better and better, and and this certainly uh, is better to to find fish. But have you experienced to where you have found them, but you can't catch them? All the time, and it makes you want to pull your hair out, especially when you can sit there and you know they're there and you know they're bass, and they just don't eat it. And what's really frustrating is when they'll come up to it and not eat it. That happens all the time. And it goes to show you how many times out there when you don't have something like this that 
you're soaking a jerk bait and there's one staring at it and you have no idea. But that's the thing about that type of bait is if you see nothing in an area for 10 minutes throwing a jerk bait, I'd get out of there. I, in the past, I'd think, boy, they got to be there. I got to, sometimes they're just not there. This, this will tell you that. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm sure guys stay and wait them out, which, um, can be good and bad. I, I guess, uh, in a tournament aspect, you know, um, that could hurt you. And, um, I heard a comment made on, um, uh, some of these, uh, tournament guys that if, if they don't take it right away, they go move on to different fish because they can find that many more, which is definitely an advantage. You know, it's funny. Um, one thing, and Dave, we've done many ice fishing podcasts and, I have always gone back to say those that ice ice fish are overall better anglers. I'll take that one to my last day. Those that ice fish a lot are better, faster with forward facing sonar because you understand the lift and hold. You understand setting up the bait on top of fish, uh, depending on the clarity of the water, depending on their attitude. There's a lot of things we've done ice fishing with electronics. It's the exact same thing. And I know people say that about drop shot too. And that's true. But this time now we're pitching, I'm pitching a drop shot on forward facing sonar with a lightweight, uh, more effectively than I ever have before. And it's very similar to watching the attitude of the fish the same way I grew up using ice fishing electronics. Yeah. So the tool is actually, uh, making us understand how the fish react and that's why we're able to catch them. Yeah, it, it it makes you understand how they react, but it also, it lets you understand where they are in the water column uh, at a specific time before you get to them. Like if I'm on a windy dock corner and there's spotted bass right under that dock corner, I can see them. And I don't have to wonder, man, am I going to have to work a double fluke rig or a A rig or something right in that water column thinking they might be there. You can see them there. That's true on break walls too, or uh, windy rock, or you can see where they are in the water column. And that's huge for you think of, I mean, that's just obvious common sense that we, we know what water columns, all these thousands of bass baits fish. So you just play the process of elimination. But for me, it depends on the, how clear the water is, how far I want the bait above them. Sometimes I don't want to hit them in the face with it, especially in pressured lakes. Sometimes I'm throwing a smaller bait in clear water farther away from them intentionally because I can see where they're at. And that's something that's really taken me about a year to figure out, especially on smallmouth. Yeah, make, letting them come to you and uh, and going at it because they can see it from a long distance, like you said, especially in clearer water. But, you know, always um, good to have you on. This was an interesting topic, and, uh, you know, we just hit the tops of the trees on it, obviously. But uh, uh, like your opinions on things, glad that you have used it and gave a little insight to our listeners and myself. And uh, look forward to having you on the podcast again. Yeah, Dave, always look forward to it. Thanks so much. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Dan. That was Dan Johnson. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, ready. sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, 
the best rides on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Starley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. And I always like to say the guests I have on this segment have a passion for the outdoors or bringing people into the outdoors, experiencing the outdoors. I would like to welcome Jared Napier. He is the executive director of castingfreedom.com. Welcome to the program, Jared. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, no problem. So uh, tell us a little bit about Casting Freedom, uh, how it came about, how you got involved, why you're involved. Uh, uh, give us a little background for the listeners that haven't heard about you yet. I'd be honored. Thank you. So about a year and a half ago, a good friend of mine, Ron Potter, got some traction with an idea, um, and that was to start a nonprofit that, that helped veterans and Gold Star family members uh, get out on the water and connect with nature and enjoy peace and quiet. Um, about a year and a half ago, that launched, and the overall goal was to provide a therapeutic outlet for veterans, Gold Star family members, and also highlighting the successes that are happening in the veteran community. You know, there's a, a narrative that a lot of veterans are broken and a lot of veterans can't function. And... We are sick of it, to be honest with you. This whole image of brokenness has, I think, fractured our community some. And there are some nonprofits that capitalize on that, and they line their own pockets with millions. And um, Ron saw that, and uh, he put the people in place, and he started to make moves. And, and it's been amazing since. Oh, that that's great. I and, and it is therapeutic for everybody that gets to get out into the outdoors and the uh, gold star fam families as well as the uh, the veterans that come home and need uh, therapy. And there's many different ways to get it. And fishing is certainly uh, one that you can experience a lot of things outdoors and in nature and uh, uh, the quietness of it, the solitude, the uh, uh, the fun, the uh, uh, interacting with other people that. Uh, that want to help help them and help and those that want to help themselves. I, I think it's great. So, uh, do you do a set amount of events a year, or what? What's the programming? You know, if if, if I could just kind of capitalize on what you just said, um, everything that you just said is what we try to embody. And this all started because of Ron's neighbor, a man named Jeff Hayes. His son had went to Afghanistan. He had come back. And Jeff told Ron, it's amazing on how much my son just talks about times when we went fishing. And because of that conversation, Ron started to take his kids fishing. And he started going fishing a lot more with Jeff. And Ron said that the impact that that made on his mental health, sharing that time, that connection, that tribesmanship, that's so deep inside all of us, it helped him out significantly. And that's when Ron started working with Children of Fallen Soldier and came up with Casting Freedom. So thanks for saying that. Oh, um, no problem. To answer that question, um, the answer is no. We don't, we don't have a, a set number of events. Right now, we are lucky enough to have um, the workings of Major League Fishing, Blues, and Striking that um, we are able to put veterans on the water with Bass Pros, Jeff Sprague, Andy Montgomery. We're able to outfit the veteran with rods, reels, tackle from Blues and Striking. We're able to communicate with them local fishing areas in their hometown where they can go and connect and just throw a line in the water. And we're able to, you know, hopefully give them a, a network of men and women who truly care, who truly care about the individual. And that's something that's missing in a lot of these organizations. No, that's, and that's great to, uh, to, to give them an outlet to do this. And, uh, uh Go ahead. You were about to say something else. And, and, and hopefully 
if the times ever get tough and that and that road starts to get slick and you find yourself in a dark spot that you have a connection with people that you know care about you and then maybe you send a text message i'm not well i don't feel well hey i need help and that's important to us that's important to us. Absolutely. And uh, we'll give this again so that people can, whether they want to um, uh, participate needing help or whether they want to participate by, by, uh, with product or, or anything else, uh, they can do castingfreedom.com uh, would be the way to, uh, to find them. Is there another outlet or uh, a phone number you'd like Children to get? Children of the Fallen Soldier. Children of Fallen Soldier.com. Okay. Perfect. Um, that is the organization that has totally embraced everything that we are doing. And if it wasn't for that organization, this would not be happening. Got it. Children of fall, Fallen Soldier, and, uh, and and that's that's all good. I think it's um, uh, it's definitely something that's needed everywhere in the country. Where are you located right now? Where where are these? Uh, these outings uh, experiencing or do they get participated with major league fishing in different states? Yes. Yeah, so right now we, we have a few people and if, and, a, and um, we, we have a couple guys with some boats on the East coast. I am in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ron Potter is in Cincinnati and we have the ability to put people on these boats but what we try to capitalize on is the major league fishing circuit. And if we can show up to a place and have a veteran come in and uh, we spend some time with them, put them on the water with a bass pro before or after a major league fishing event. Um, there's something that uh, is special about that. And there's something special about having a rod and reel presented to you and um you know a, a firm handshake and kind of like hey welcome to this team of people that truly care about how you are um so we're kind of everywhere that we can be with that support that's good and and i believe that uh, you open some doors for them when you hand them a rod and reel and you take them out and take them fishing um it doesn't end there because uh, maybe when they go uh, home and the major league fishing goes to the next place that they're going. These guys go somewhere with that rod and reel, and they they hopefully get to meet other people that uh, uh, are out in the fishing world that can uh, you know spend time with them and to share the passion that they they get from from fishing that we all get. Uh, you know, I always like to say some of us get the disease worse than others because we uh, <laughs> it's very addictive to fishing in the outdoors, and uh, but I it's think expensive too. It can be. It can be expensive. So <laughs> to get rods and reels uh, from your sponsors is awesome. And, and uh, Major League Fishing uh, definitely does a good job. I, I actually fish Major League Fishing Toyota Series out east. I'm in northern Illinois, but I, I do the uh, northern division on uh, Potomac River, Lake Champlain, and Thousand Islands. And they do a wonderful job uh, there. And They do. Uh, Some real special people within that organization, and we're glad to see it. Yeah, and, and they're, they're always willing to help and uh uh, I, I think it's good, and uh, and what a great, great opportunity. So, uh, castingfreedom.com, Children of Fallen Soldier, if they, if they search those, they'll get to you, and they'll be able to find out um, more information. They'll be able to donate if they want to donate, and, uh, and that, that's, uh, you know, all good. So, on your end, how did you get involved personally? Uh, I'm a bass fisherman. I am... Um I grew up bass fishing with my dad. My dad used to have a collapsible Zebco 33 in the back of his old Peugeot in, in the beaten summer of Florida. And uh, we used to stop by these little Florida fishing holes and um, hook into some real nice fish. And those are some of my fondest memories with my dad. So I'm pretty active on social media, me and my son fishing. And, and Ron reached out to me and said, hey, I got some um, I'm doing something over here. Um, what do you think about getting on board and, and helping me? And um, he kind of, and, and I was a little apprehensive just because of a lot of these organizations I don't see eye to eye with because of what we discussed earlier. And um, he painted a picture and I said, dude, I'm, I'm in. 
thank you for even thinking of me. And he shot me over to Houston, Texas. Uh, and I went on the water with Jeff Sprague and it was, it was a fun, fun time. And, um, it kind of hatched, uh, the momentum that we had with, with, with everything. And then from, from there, you know, Ron is a real modest, real modest guy. He likes getting, you know, in the background, doing all the leg work and, um, making it, watching it happen. Um, and I, I am a little more of the people person. I, I don't mind talking to people. I don't mind shaking hands as, as, as much. So I think he kind of recognized that and he saw my personality and he, He's putting the people in the right place, I think. And um, I am humbled to be a part of it. And I am grateful that I am given this platform to speak on it. And I mean that. No, that's awesome. And, and definitely uh, your passion comes through for it. And, and I think the cause is, is uh, awesome. And as we both have said, you know, therapeutic for the people that need these type of, type of services. And they certainly deserve them. And, and uh, definitely uh, want to uh, keep track of your organization and what's going on. And if anything uh, else comes up that we can help you with and get the word out that it's available, um, certainly uh, the people can go to Children of Fallen Soldier or castingfreedom.com and, and find out information and... Uh, and also Major League Fishing, if they're doing events uh, prior and before, I'm sure um, there's going to be a, a, a source to, to track it down there. But, uh, Jared, I, I definitely appreciate having you on the podcast today and look forward to talking to you again. Thank you very much, sir, and um, have a beautiful day. I will. You do that also. That was Jared Napier. Uh, he is the executive director of castingfreedom.com. And I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Surly, and uh, my partner Dave Kranz is remote, and I'm very happy to have a guy on. I had him on once before, and I've been looking forward to this again. He is a hot stick. He's doing really well. Darn good bass fisherman. Won the first elite event of the year on the Harris Chain down in Florida. Please welcome Mr. Buddy Gross. Hey, Buddy, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me on the show. You're quite welcome. And I'm going to tell, tell the people something. Uh, you you are a good guy. I like you a lot. And uh, had you on, you, you won a tournament, uh, uh, I want to say it was uh, Lake Eufaula in Alabama. And uh, I met you for the first time face-to-face -face down at ICAST in Orlando, Florida last week, and you were walking down the aisle with a, with a very beautiful woman. And I said, hey, buddy, I'm Steve. You did my show. And you said, yes, I'd like you to meet my wife here. 
And I said, nice to meet you, ma'am. I said, are you involved in uh, helping Buddy out in his fishing or his fishing business? And she said, no, I'm not. And you said, no, she's not part of it. She says, but I like introducing her to everybody because I just love her so much. <laughs> and, and I said, man, oh, man, I, I like this guy, Buddy Gross, but now I'm finding out he's one of those kind of husbands that make all the rest of us husbands look bad when he's talking like that. <laughs> She now she's a big part of it. I, she, she's actually running all of our social media and keeps me straight. She's traveling with me this year, so it's been a great thing. Oh, that is absolutely excellent. She she was very nice and. You're a classy guy talking about her like that. You won the first Bassmaster Elite event of the year, a big one down on the Harris Chain. Great way to start the season. Tell us about the Harris Chain and that tournament that you won. Uh, how did it feel? How did you accomplish it? Well, you know, it was great to, to get the win, but, you know, my practice was really, really rough. I didn't have a whole lot of bites in practice, and uh, the last day of practice, I found this little spot that had some fish offshore, but there was only just a couple. And I was just thinking, you know, maybe I catch me a keeper or two. So the first day of the tournament, it, I stopped and uh, made a few casts, and I catch big ones. And, I mean, like, it was just like a light switch went off in my head. And once I got 20 pounds, I just started looking for more places like that. And Lord bless me to find about five more places. And we just kind of run that whole deal all week. It, it was just a blessing. Okay, well, you finished the first day in third place. Second day, you moved up, and you were sitting pretty. You were in first, and you had a little bit of a stumble on day three. I, I don't know if it was a stumble on your part or the fact that some of the other guys really had excellent days. Uh, did you panic at all when you dropped out of first place and moved down to sixth on day three? Day three, I, every day that I fished that tournament, I caught the fish in a different place. And on day three, I kind of had a panic moment. I didn't, uh, I didn't really, I didn't really know what to do. I guess on day three, I panicked and I started running to the other lakes, and uh, you know, I just made some bad decisions. And some, sometimes it'll cost you the tournament. We just got very blessed that we caught them really good on the last day, or we would never won that tournament. Yeah, you had a, you had a great day with twenty two pounds. You had over twenty on two of the four days, uh, which only a couple of guys were able to score like that. What did you do to change it back to have that great day four that you have? Uh, you know, on day four, we got a lot more wind. A little bit of a cool front came in, so it pushed all those bad fish back a little bit, and it just kind of played into our hands. I picked up a Carolina rig on day four, and, and it was it was the bait of choice, and it was what they wanted, and, and it just did a really good job of finding a new school. It was, it was a new school that I had not fished all week, and... Uh, that's what it takes to beat these guys. You got to keep on digging and try to improve every day and find new fish every day. Yeah, uh, you definitely did that. And changing baits was a part of it too, right? You did not rely on the same baits from day to day. No, you know the first three days I caught everything on moving baits. That last day I started dragging a Carolina rig, and it made the biggest difference. But I did catch. You know, two quality fish on the last touch, you know, on a swim bait, and, you know, it put us where we needed to be. Okay, that's fair. Uh, obviously, you know how to fish, and uh, you got you got a sense about you as to where these fish are going, and they're, they're always moving pretty much, especially when you're fishing so early and late in the season like you guys do. Uh, did, did your sense tell you where these fish were going, or did your electronics take over from your sense? What, 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 what put you in the right place? I rely on my electronics a lot. I run all brands. Uh, the forward basin sonar is, is something I'm kind of behind on. I really rely on the 360, but I sit in my seat a lot more than what most people do. Uh, I'd rather fish offshore <laughs> if I can. It's just my comfort zone. Uh, but I know what I'm looking at when I see it, and I think I know where they're going. I, I feel like I know where they're going and what they're doing, and sometimes I find them and sometimes I don't. But when I find them, it's usually a good payday for us. We're talking about electronics, and we're talking about finding fish, and you had fish moving every day. And, and the general public doesn't realize that the fish move as much as they do, and there's very small things that can make them move quite a bit do you rely on the fact that you know what fish are doing 
at any particular time, or, or do you turn it over and rely more on your electronics? I, it takes both, but but that that tournament, those fish were moving. When I say move, they were gone. I mean, like the next day, I couldn't even find them again. So I kept finding new schools every day. So I still don't know what was making those fish move, other than they weren't holding on to anything other than hard bottom. There was no stumps or no grass or nothing really just to hold them still. So they just were roaming, and I got lucky and run into them every day. Excellent, excellent. Now let's talk about let's talk about the electronics. And you said you use all three brands of electronics, and you mentioned the forward-facing sonar, and that you're a little bit behind the curve on the forward-facing sonar. Uh, and I can certainly understand that. But you know, I was down at the Red Crest uh, Major League Fishing Championship tournament, and there are a lot of a lot of uh, uh, people involved in the sport that we're talking, there's a lot of people saying they got to ban this forward-facing sonar. It makes it too easy to catch fish. I, I don't believe it's ever too easy to catch fish. Well, what do you think about a change like that? You know, it's something to think about, but I mean, we've always had electronics and fishing. The electronics just keeps getting better. But I see a bunch of fish on my forward-facing sonar that I can't catch, so... You know, maybe it's just me, but, but, you know, still trying to figure out what kind of fish you're looking at is, is a big key. So there is a giant learning curve, but, you know, I still rely mostly on my 360 because I like structure fishing. So I don't care about seeing the fish as much. Once I find the right structure and the right place, it's usually got a bass on it. So I still rely on side imaging and, and the 360 more than I do the, the live stuff. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I find it amazing that there are so many professional bass fishermen that are using two or three brands of electronics in their boat uh, when I'm sure one of these companies would love to hand you a big check and say, use ours exclusively. It's not worth it, is it? It's not. I mean, it, you know, nobody's ever offered me that big check either. But there, <laughs> there's certain things that are not You know, it takes a lot to stay on top of this electronics, and with three brands coming out with new technologies and upgrades every year, how, how do you do it? Is it just practice? Do they bring you into the factory to, to give you a, a, an intensive crash course in the new nuances, or do they send somebody out to show you what to do? No, not when you're not supposed to. Basically, you're on your own. You just, you know, I I learn from other guys, and I learn on the water. It's kind of like on the water training, and you just got to use your equipment to figure it out. And and sometimes you make mistakes, and sometimes you get it down, you know, dead on the head. So today, you know, my friend Patrick Walters, I got him to jump in the boat, and make sure I have mine set correctly. So you know, you just got to kind of rely on your resources that you have, and uh, and I'm learning. I'm I'm a fast learner. I don't like getting beat. So once I start getting beat by something, I'm going to learn it. Yeah, there you go. And how, um, I'm sorry, how old are you right now? Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. I'm an old, young fisherman. I'm 49 years old. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, you're still on the right, you're still on the, on the right side of 50. But you know what? I, I, I said I was at that Red Crest, and I was so excited to watch uh, a guy who I, I consider uh, – a similar fisherman to you in Bobby Lane who won the $300,000 Red Crest. And uh, he went out there and found found a fish, got on him, and, and did that. And Bobby Lane will tell you, he is not, he, he's behind the curve on a lot of the electronic stuff. And then they'll, 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 you know, he ended up beating a lot of these kids that are really electronic oriented. And I was happy to see that because as much as the electronics are important, and, and I think they help make fishing and help you guys find fish. It's really nice to see somebody go out there with a rod in their hand and find them fish and put them in the boat. 
So absolutely, I, th I think it's good, and I and I hope you don't mind me saying that Bobby Lane reminds me of you. But got, you're both good guys, and you both fish, and uh, I think your your techniques are similar. And uh, you know, I think you got a real big check coming, like he just collected. Ooh, I hope so. But yeah, Bobby's a good dude. He makes me laugh every time I get around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some real there's some real characters uh, characters in this business. We're talking about. Uh, we're, t we're talking to uh, Buddy Gross. He won a huge, huge event on the Harris Chain down in Florida. Uh, a lot of guys don't like Florida. For some reason, they'll say Florida fishing is different than anywhere else you go. Do, do you look at it that way the same? Yes, it's very different. And you're either really on them or really off of them. And, and fortunately, Florida places make some good checks in Florida. So I kind of like Florida. Some guys, uh, some guys just... Uh, they get spooked by it, and they don't do well. And I, I'll even go so far as to say that uh, the guys from Florida tend to have that uh, uh, home water jinx. They don't do well in their home state. I, I don't know what it. I don't know what it is. It, it's the home. The, the home light jinx is real. I don't know why. Cox comes up here and beats me all the time on Jig Mug, and I go to Florida and get some of his money. So. I don't know what the deal is. I think we just got too much knowledge, and we try to run too much stuff. All of us. Yeah, it could. It could. It could be. Uh, do you feel pressure fishing near home? I'm not really pressured. I mean, my my buddies try. You know, they, they don't mean to, but all your buddies, family, and friends want you to do good when you're at home. But that's the pressure. It ain't the lake. The pressure is not coming from the lake. It's usually coming from. Everybody that's wants to do good, but you know, I don't know how or why. I used to pay the most wired up guy there is, but comes from inside your head. You're doing it to yourself, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, you said Chickamauga, and that's where uh, uh, that's where you're headed. We're going to uh, take a little break right now and uh, come back. I want to talk to you about a couple of things. I want to talk about those rods that you use. Uh, I want to talk to you about the, the next event coming up on Lake Chickamauga. And uh, we'll talk about a few other things when we come back. We're with Elite Champion. Buddy Gross. I'm Steve Sarley. This is We Fish ASA. We'll have more Buddy Gross when we come back right after this. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Surly. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. Pleased to be joined by guy just won a huge event on the Harris Chain 
on the elite circuit of the Bassmaster Tour. He is Buddy Gross, also one of the nicest guys around. I need a, I need a, a little bit of a, a geography lesson because you are from Chickamauga, Georgia, and you are fishing the next elite tournament on Lake Chickamauga, which is not in Georgia, it's in Tennessee. What's the deal with that? Yeah, it's very close. Chickamauga Creek comes out of my hometown, and it dumps out on the Tennessee River at the dam. So they Chickamauga Lake because of the of course, and uh, it's all named after a creek in my hometown. So I'm only about 15 minutes from Chattanooga. Where the creek lies, I could be there in five minutes probably. But, it, uh, it, it's a great very close to Tennessee. It's a great location. Uh, you're 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 uh, you're close to so many places. Uh, you got Knoxville, Chattanooga. Uh, it's not it's not far from Atlanta. Uh, you know you draw a pretty big circle around that lake. Uh, you're drawn from from a lot a lot of places. It's uh, it's an impressive area. And if I look at it, where where the good anglers are coming and people are moving, uh, if you're not going to move your family and pick up and, and, and go live in, in Gunnersville, which a lot of guys seem to be doing, they kind of uh, move into that Lake Chickamauga, Tennessee River area, right? Isn't that a pretty hotbed for guys to move to? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, uh, you know, the competitions get tougher, that's all I can tell you. Well, I can understand that. I can understand that. And, you know, I, I was down... Uh, I was down when I had the classic there, and I thought the people were wonderful, and that uh, Eastern Tennessee is a, is a great area, and I've, I've spent time in, in Georgia before. Uh, the the fans really do treat you well, don't they? Very much so. I mean, it's just a great place, too. I mean, from my house, I can be at the upper end of Gunner Lake in 45 minutes and anywhere on Chickamauga Lake in 45 minutes. So how can you beat that? No, not at all. Uh, how much water is fishable in the tournament? Uh, we're down about three feet, so uh, a lot of the bass are just kind of taking away, but it's still got a lot of water. We're, we're not, we're not planning to fish. I'm saying, mile wise, how long north and south are you go? Uh, can you go? Uh, come out on, on Chickamauga. Mm hmm. You can go. We can go about forty miles all around. That's a good run. Uh. 40 miles down, 40 miles up, so you got 80 miles of river. Man, that's a, that's a long ways. What, so what, what are you expecting? You, well, we'll tell, you're, you're pre-fished today. We're taping this on the Monday before the tournament, and you just got off the water. We're taping this at uh, it's 9 o'clock at night. You just got off the water. What was it like today? Was it what you expected to find? I mean... April is a tough time to be here. They're in transition. They're headed to the bed. Water's warming up. Water's still low. They don't want to spawn with it down. So there's a lot going on. But it's fishing tough. Uh, yesterday we, was our first day of practice. I don't think I had maybe two keepers yesterday, and I caught like six fish total. Today I caught some quality, but very, very random. I don't had anything line up the way I needed to. It's, uh, it, it's going to be a tough tournament. Is there any chance that they can be on the beds in three days? Some of them may try to, but we got another cold front coming in. Oh. So I think that cold front's going to keep them pushed back. Un unbelievable. Well, that's tough. I feel badly for you because, you know, uh, I, I think you can do it. And you know, the, you know the water real well, but everybody wants to see big bag limits weighed in. And uh, you're in a situation where it's going to be tough to get 20 pounds of fish, right? Yeah, I think so. There's going to be some people that absolutely wreck them. There's going to be some big fish caught. But uh, I think for for this thing to be a big slugfest, it's got to warm up some more. So uh, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's going to be interesting. I'm telling the people you just got off the water at 9 o'clock at night. You don't fish this late in actual tournament conditions. So what good is it to be out on the water at 7.30 at night when you're not going to be on the water at 7.30 at night during a tournament? I'm hoping I find a magic spot that's got a magic rock pile on it that I didn't know about and I catch 20 pounds. So I never give up. I fish all the time until I let me fish. 
and, and just try to improve my game and find something I didn't know about. How much looking are you doing as opposed to how much fishing you're doing? I'm doing a whole lot of fishing this time because I know the lake because I'm you know, growing up here. So I'm fishing a bunch, and I have so much history. And I think that's like I told you earlier. When you have that much history on a lake, it makes it tough sometimes to figure out where you need to be. You don't do anything like bend your hooks down or remove hooks so you don't stick fish, do you? No, I typically want to know what I'm fishing for. You know, today, once I figured a little bit of stuff out, I started trying to not set the hook on everything. That, that, I, practice, I need to know what kind of size fish I'm looking at. You said you wanted to, your, your hope was you would find that rock pile that you didn't know existed. Let's say you did. You, you throw to it, and boom, you hook up with a nice four-pounder. Are you moving? Are you done then? Yes. If I start catching quarterly, I'm leaving that spot. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Which, when you when you think about it, the, the people that are following you, the people that are watching you would go crazy to see you leave a spot that's producing fish, you know? Uh, the, old, uh, the, old, the old saying about you're... Your, uh, you're leaving fish to look for fish. You know, no, it doesn't make any sense, but it does because it's it's easy to burn a spot, right? Yes, yes. And when it, when the pot is as tough as it is right now, you better take every opportunity to save what you can. Yeah, I agree. Under, uh, very, very good. Very, very good idea. Um, I asked you about sponsors, and I know that. Uh, uh, you you uh, picked up a rod sponsor in the last couple of years, and I think that that's helping you out, is it not? Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm using Fitzgerald rods. Yeah, I'm using Fitzgerald rods and uh, using the set, mostly the seven three heavy all purpose series and the number rod. Uh, it gets a lot of fish and puts a lot of fish in the boat. So that, that's that's your go to rod. That is definitely my go to rod. Seven three. Excellent. Good, good, good point. Uh, if you had to pick one technique to use, what would you rely on? Uh, swim bait. Something winding. I don't, want to, I don't want a whole lot of drag, and I want to wind something. All right. All right. That's good. Uh, I, I was looking at uh, your career record year by year. It seemed like, uh, uh, did you take a little break around 2010? Uh, did did yes, you? I completely quit fishing for a couple of years. Did you? Yes. Uh, and what 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 did it, what did that feel like? I just had a, a, a bumpy road in life, and uh, it was time to make a change. And I quit fishing and uh, met my wife and decided it was time to start. It was a well, it was a welcome, I guess. But I was to where I could. I just was doing a good job. That that had to be it had to be eating at you so bad walking away like that because uh, it certainly wasn't out of call. And uh, did it feel, when you came back and started again? Did you feel like you were reborn? You know, when I came back, I was pretty much on skids. If you want the whole trip, I I came back without a boat and uh, was fishing with, with my buddy and. Uh, it just was a little bit easier, and as it got easier, we started doing pretty good. I started winning some money and bought another boat, and we made, you know, I made enough money to go try to fish the coasters back then, and fished the coasters for one year, qualified for the FLW tour, went without a job, and I jumped into fishing for a living. It was, it was a blessing. It was just a people that the Lord opened, and we just walked through it and never looked back. Great answer, great answer. And you know what? You came back strong. Uh, you won two elites. You won a, a big tackle warehouse. You won a Toyota series. Uh, there, there's no, you're no stranger to standing on the on the on the podium, getting handed that big check and that big trophy. And uh, uh, your career has taken a taken a good path. The other thing I want to ask you about was uh, you started out. Uh, you, you you were uh, you were asked to fish major league fishing, and you did. You left Major League Fishing and went to the Elites. Uh, are you happy you did that? Absolutely. That was the best move of my life. I mean, the Elites is one of the – I mean, it's an honor to be there. I mean, it, to be honest with you, it's, uh, I, I don't think I've ever fished anything I quite enjoy as much as where I'm at right now. Excellent. Uh, 
What about the rules? What about the rules? MLF versus Bass. You, you had said uh, you had caught about 30 of them in that one spot. I go, oh, man, that's 30 scorable fish in the other <laughs> league. You, you can only do five. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I like going for the big ones. You know, I don't uh, – I've never been a numbers guy. I've always – Fish for for the you know the quality fish, so it's the best thing for me. Excellent, excellent. Uh, the the way it stands right now, do you uh, are there any rule changes you would like to see made in the sport? Um, I know there's some three day tournaments or some four day tournaments. Is that a good thing? Would you rather fish the same amount of time consistently? Would Would you rather start on you know? Uh, start on Thursday and fish through Sunday because some of these tournaments go past the weekend, you know. Uh, would you like to see more consistency in the scheduling? Uh, you know, I like everything about it. I'm not, I'm not a complainer. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good format for me right now. Excellent. Um, ask you this. Uh, talking, about, talking about rules, I know you fish for fun on occasion, even though you're busy with your schedule. You, you will put the boat in and just fish with a buddy on occasion, right? Absolutely. When you fish with your friends, it's the best time ever. You can take their money. We, we bet yeah. dollars on fish, you know? Yeah. What, the, uh, what was the last time you used live bait to catch bass? Uh, it's not been too awful long ago. I tell you, that's a good way to catch them. There, there you go. And uh, uh, people, don't, people don't understand that. And... Uh, why not? And and if you're going with your buddies, they're used to using live bait, so so why not do that? What was the last time you threw an Alabama rig? Uh, every time I get a chance. <laughs> you know what? It was probably not that long ago. I probably did it about a month ago. To this day, I still don't understand why that is banned. I don't either. I voted for it, and it didn't pass. So A lot of the guys that I fish with do not want it. But I'm going to tell you something. That's hard on the body parts. I mean, it's It'll tear up the shoulder and it'll tear up an elbow in a heartbeat. Oh, you know what? You, you give me a ride with an Alabama rig on it, that's like handing a hand grenade to a monkey. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to hurt somebody or break something or do whatever, uh, but, but you guys are so good with that. I, I would like to see that allowed, at least in a tournament, just to watch it and, and see what it actually does. I think it is so, so cool. Hey, uh, hey, a fun, funny story, when Alabama rig first came out, we were all using three-quarter ounce heads and half-ounce heads and six-inch swim baits, and I got hit in the head with one one time. I knocked <laughs> my hat off. I thought I lost an ear. I mean, it was pretty nasty. <laughs> I'm laughing. It's 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 really not really not funny. Really not funny. Yeah. Hey, is yeah. There, everybody in the boat was laughing too. Everybody, like, yeah. everybody had to quit fishing for a little while. You got another. Uh, you got a full schedule of elites coming up after this uh, Chickamauga that you were at this week. Is there anyone in particular you're looking forward to? Uh, you talking about another event? Yeah. Uh, you know, pick week. If I had. If, Pickwick is fastly becoming one of my favorite lakes. I mean, it's been so good to me in my career, and I've only been there less than three times or less than four times. So, so, so three events is the only time I've been, but I've got three top tens. So you can't when when <laughs> I really like a I like a Pickwick. <laughs> I, I knew I knew you were going to say that, and I bet you your second choice would be Lake Fork because uh, some of them big ones they're taking out of there. Are just man, you got to want to go down there and uh, with the chance of getting a ten. You know, Lake Fork is my Florida, apparently, because I can't get it dialed in. I, I don't do good at Fork yet, but I'm hoping that changes this year. I think you'll do well this year. I'm, I looked at that one. I think that's going to be good for you. I think they're all going to be good for you. Buddy Gross, thank you for being with us. I really appreciate it. I apologize for the technical issues that we had. Uh, you're a pro. You're a champ. You, you made it through it, and thank you very much, and best of luck to you for the rest of the year. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you later. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best start fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Always a pleasure. Jared Napier from Casting Freedom. Check him out, castingfreedom.com. And elite angler, Buddy Gross. He's a winner. He's a good guy. Definitely like talking to Buddy Gross. I think he's going to have one heck of a good season this year. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa, 
They've got your bass covered. They sure do. Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our podcast every week. It's available everywhere you get your podcast, but don't forget, you can always get it on our website, wefishasa.com. That's where you can write to us. We answer everything. We love your correspondence. So let us have it, good or bad. We're ready for you. Get to those keyboards, folks, wefishasa.com. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.